Welcome to episode 41 of the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. It's easy to pay attention to the environment of worship and forget the content of worship. This is Leadership in Context, a conversation on leadership in the context of the local church. For show notes, email podcast at innerpastors.com. And now here's Keith Tusi. Our last time together, we talked about pragmatic versus purposeful worship, and uh, I want to start by reading a scripture today, and I want to talk about proclamation in worship today. This is Second Chronicles, the fifth chapter, the 13th verse. You're familiar with it, undoubtedly. In unison, when the trumpers, trumpeters and singers were to make themselves heard with one voice to praise and to glorify the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice, accompanied by trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music, and when they praised the Lord, saying, He indeed is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting, then the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with a cloud. Uh, you know, when we talk about the glory of God, what does that mean? Well, obviously there was a dramatic experience here, but the word glory means weight. It means It means to... Uh, to sense, I believe, the Holy Spirit's touch or pressure, the glory of the Lord. But in this text, where did the glory of the Lord come from, or, or what was the environment? I think we we pay such detail to the environment of worship that sometimes we forget the content of worship. I think worship ought to have a good environment. I think it ought to be clean and crisp and good and the sound and excellent in every way. But, you know, you can do all that, have good music, and still not really have content in worship. And it says here several things that they sang, He indeed is good, and His loving kindness is everlasting. So they sang about the goodness of God, and the loving kindness of God. Now, I don't believe they just sang the words, the Lord is good and is everlasting and his kindness is everlasting. I believe they sang the Lord is good and here is what he's done. The Lord is loving kindness lasts forever and here is what he's done. I believe they were rehearsing and they were proclaiming the goodness of God. This is what the Lord has done. See, this is the opposite of introspection. This is proclaiming the victories of the Lord. So rather than when people are coming together and they're struggling and they're thinking, oh, woe is me, and everybody else is singing these sad songs too, we're proclaiming the word of God and stirring up their faith. Now notice in this, in, and they sang with one voice, one voice, that's corporate worship. I believe when we come together, the Bible teaches it's to be corporate. We're to have one voice. I had an encounter some years ago with uh, somebody uh, who was uh, very advanced on the musical worship situation. And I, I was in the church. And uh, after church that day, they said to me, what did I think about the worship service? And my answer was, which one? And they said, well, <laughs> we only had one service today. I said, well, actually, there were about eight. And they said, what are you talking about? I said, well, 
there was a great atmosphere and the music was wonderful. I said, but there really was not corporate worship. There were different people at different points in the service kind of doing their own thing. And none of the things they were doing were bad. None of the things they were doing, I would say, were even out of order. But there was not a corporatist to it. It was a group of people watching some more uh, highly uh, animated people do different charismatic responses in worship. That's the nicest way I can say it. And I tried sharing with them that I believe that what they were doing was genuine and sincere, but it was inappropriate. It was not corporate worship. I even went as far as to address the words of one of the songs, which I said I would never, ever sing that song. And the song had words to the effect of, I don't need anybody but Jesus. Uh, now, I need him more than anybody. I need him more than everything. Uh, yes, that's true, of course. But again, we're, we're trying to promote corporate worship and we're discounting uh, the relationships that people have in the body. You know, one of the frustrations in the local church is that we see people who seemingly have some relationship with God and some spiritual vitality and some spiritual discernment, yet something will happen and they will hit a crossroads and they will act so independently that it mystifies us. Uh, it confuses other people uh, who think, well, I thought they were spiritual. But, but let me throw this out to you. I think we've sung about ourselves so much. And we've talked about how I feel and, and me so much. And again, we get a lot of our theology from worship. I mean, part, I mean, the book of Psalms was written, much of it was written, obviously to glorify God, but in the Jewish culture, you know, it was used to indoctrinate people. And I think that we have indoctrinated people by taking the corporate service that should be about him and secondly about us. And I think without realizing it, we've made it more about me. And I believe that people act out what they believe. The longer I'm in the Lord, the more I believe that. That they manifest what they really believe. And I think we have taught them without realizing it that they are the center of the worship. So what they feel, what they think, their opinion their ideas, their discernment, what they think the Lord said, it really becomes paramount. It really becomes important to them because that's what they have been practicing. And we scratch our head about it. But I believe, to some degree at least, that they are literally acting out the things uh, that we have practiced. So I think we need to sing about the exploits of God. We need to sing about the gospel. We need to sing about the message. Uh, we need to sing the word of God. You know, when you go through the scriptures, there are so many songs that are in the scriptures, and I think we could learn from those songs tremendously. You know, when you go to Exodus uh, 
15, the song of Moses. You know, the horse and rider thrown into the sea. The Lord, he's my strength, my song, my victory, my salvation. I will exalt him. I will praise him. It sings about God bringing down his enemies. That That is corporate worship. That is proclaiming the message. That is calling people to victory. One of the problems with singing about yourself is simply this. If a person comes into that worship service and they're not maybe on the same wavelength or they don't have the same terminology or they don't have the same experience or maybe they're just not in a good spiritual place and we're singing songs about me and how I relate to God, they're standing there silent because they're not They're not feeling that, no pun intended. They're not experiencing that. But if we replace that with who God is and what God wants to do, they can sing that more in integrity and more in faith because it's about God, it's not about them. That's why when you look around in many worship services on a Sunday, you have many people that are spectators. I've encouraged worship leaders to set up a video camera and watch people worship to see what really happens in worship. I think they would find it very interesting, especially when we're singing some songs that are very complicated, the music is difficult. You'll The first group of people you'll lose almost all the time is men because they don't they don't sing as well. Uh, that's a broad brush, but I mean, they don't, their voices aren't as flexible, I guess, or whatever it is. But I'll notice they'll begin to quiet down. But when the song is about God and you can sing about God, you're not violating your spiritual integrity if you feel like there's really an issue in your heart where you've got to deal some dealings with the Lord. You can still sing about who he is. As old saying goes, I'm not going to let what's wrong with me stop me from praising what's right with him. Rather than focus on what's wrong with me or focus on what's right with me, how wonderful I am and how I enjoy the presence of the Lord and how, God, you speak to my heart. There's people think they're thinking, oh, God, you don't speak to my heart. I, I need to hear from you. Well, when we sing songs about God and who he is and what his mission is, that's going to give God, I believe, a chance to really focus and let them understand who God is. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And his name is just not the phraseology of his name, his name, his authority, everything that that name represents. Of course, all the many names of God, that's an education in itself. We sing about those names. So I want to encourage you to really think about the proclamation angle in worship and think about what we are proclaiming. Okay? So, Lord bless you. I hope you enjoyed this and you'll share it with somebody. This is Keith Tusi with Leadership in Context. Today, Keith continued the discussion on worship. In 2 Chronicles 5, we see an example of corporate worship. In unison, the trumpeters and the singers made themselves heard with one voice to praise and to glorify the Lord. When we proclaim the word of the Lord, it stirs something up inside of us, despite what we may be going through. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. 
join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at innerpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at innerpastors. See you next week.